Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations that demystify, destigmatize, and desensitize what goes on both inside the therapy room and in daily life. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Logan. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. Every week, we sit down for soul-provoking conversations with fellow seekers, thought leaders, change makers, and even real people during live coaching sessions as they navigate the hard work it takes to be a human. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Hey, everybody. So excited to tell you some news that we have. So we've heard your feedback and (laughs) we are listening. Just know. I hope you know that. So Danae and I have done a bunch of week-long intensive retreats and we've gotten a lot of you reaching out saying, oh, so long. Can you do it shorter? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Feels like it's a lot of time to get away for some of you and we totally get that. So we've decided to do a condensed version of our retreats and we're going to bring it to you in a weekend. Yeah. You know what I love about this is we go to Idlewild, California pretty frequently, and it feels like a retreat escape like into the woods and just like almost like summer camp. It's so much fun. And I love that we decided to sort of merge the work that we do in these intensive experiences with the fun that we have in Idlewild and um, just like being out in this like really beautiful setting together. Totally. So I'm actually going to invite y'all into my home and we are going to have it at my house in my beautiful setting in Idlewild, California, July 14th through 16th. We're going to have a small number of spaces because it is going to be a more condensed version and there's less space than these giant ones that we usually do. So get on it if you're interested. But you know, you know what to expect. If you're listening to this, you know what Danae and I love to talk about. So there'll be <laughs> you all know the how good things. We do. You know how we do. <laughs> Codependency recovery, um, interdependence, shadow work. Yes. 
all the things that we love to talk about at nauseum, but we're giving you an opportunity to dive in those deep waters with us and like really get in it in a pretty condensed weekend immersive. Yeah. So if you're interested, there is a longer, more detailed explanation of what to expect uh, at the link in both of our bios, either of our bios. So get on it, y'all. It's going to sell out quick July 14th through 16th in Idlewild, California. Hello. Hello. We have a question today that's not actually a romantic relationship question, which I like. Oh. <laughs> um, listen, I feel I, like we only get relationship questions. I feel like we get a lot of relationship questions, which is fine. This is like that's the biggest fair. issue in people's lives, but also I like to talk about other things too. And this one I feel like is juicy. Okay. So this person wrote me and said, why are quote energy vampires attracted to me? I love this mm-hmm. term. <laughs> Why do negative people always feel the need to suck my energy and bring me down? People are always telling me, yes, but that's what negative people do. They want to steal your sunshine, but that's not a good enough answer. I don't understand why negative people feel the need to tear me down when I'm unsuspecting and having a good time in my own world. It's people I know too, like people messaging me at random times, pulling me into drama or in real life, pulling me into drama. I just want to know why these kinds of people always seem to come at me. <laughs> I love your laugh. <laughs> oh my god, that just that question gave me some life. <laughs> it does tickle me. What 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 is tickling you? Um, <laughs> he's like the person's like they're always pulling me into their drama. I'm like that's fascinating. I cannot think of a time that someone has pulled me into their drama. Um, I think you may be allowing yourself to be pulled, sir. With love. Um, I think the short answer to your question is why do these energy vampires keep finding me or choosing me? Or I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but because you allow them to. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I don't want to say your vibe attracts your tribe, but a little bit your vibe attracts your tribe. So, you know, from a shadow work perspective, I yeah. think that there becomes um, our perception of reality is crafted by what we're paying attention to. Right. Yes. So if I'm, I'm trying to think of an example, if I'm like obsessed with like a new pair of like these green shoes, I will start seeing green shoes everywhere because that's what I'm like focusing my energy on. Um, if I happen to see someone who is like in a low vibrational energy and like, you know, I'm going to use that in replacement of energy vampire, but that's essentially what that is. If I focus a lot of energy on that and I sort of say, Ooh, this person is doing this to me. Why is this happening to me? Versus like, Oh, that's, that sucks for that person that they're in that space and move along with my focus. Um, then I will not really experience a lot of that. But I think the lot, like that's the long answer to what I mean, which is like, because you're focusing a lot of energy on it, you're creating more of it. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I want to say, I want to go back to the beginning of our giggling and just say like, <laughs> perhaps from the outside, we we can kind of seem like mean girls sometimes. But the reason why I think it's important to say that, you know, this podcast, part of this podcast when we started was all around like what goes on between two therapists talking about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And here's what. It's not that we're talking about it in a mean girls kind of way. It's we're talking about it in the way that we are because this kind of stuff almost like gets us giddy and excites us because from our background, when we see things like 
shadow work yet to be done, like yes. unconscious plays coming up. It's almost like, woo, ha ha ha. Like, I can't wait to dig into this. And I think that's where sometimes our like <laughs> the laughing comes from. It's not like I'm laughing at this person suffering. It's more like, oh boy, I can't wait to dive in, which like therapy nerd, like that's just part of what we do. <laughs> But I felt yeah. like I wanted to go back and speak to that because yeah. I'm like, I don't want this person to think we're laughing at their suffering. We're not. We're more laughing at it like you're also not the only person that's ever come to us with something like this. And it's exciting to us to be like, let's talk about it. Absolutely. I think that's that's really important and good that you gave that um, <laughs> that disclaimer. I think absolutely there is a way that – and. To your point, this does not mean that we are in any way immune to shadow uh, and no. to like our ego. Traps. We've got like, our own version. We have our own blind ship. spots. We have our own things that like our therapists call us out on. Um, and this is what we do is mm -hmm. we can see the shadow in whatever the presenting issue is. And this is sort of what we help clients unpack. So when someone says something like, why do I keep attracting energy vampires? We always say when it comes to shadow work, whenever you're pointing one finger at someone outside of you, there are three fingers pointing back at you. So your work either becomes to identify where do I do that or where could I stand to do a little bit more of that? Now, I would Ooh. think in the energy vampire category, what were you going to say? Well, but that actually, when you say where can I stand to do a little bit more of that? I would say, so obviously this is hard. We have like one little tiny question to go on, right? But if we were sitting with this person, I want to know more about them living in a bubble of sunshine. Mm. I would want to know more about where in their lives they're doing a little bit of bypassing of the negative and the drama that's happening in their own life. Because guess what? Not a single person on this planet has positivity and no drama at all times doesn't happen. It comes with the contract of being a human being. And so if you want to do a little bit of shadow work around that, I would say one of the exercises I would give you is where do I feel like I'm doing some bypassing? It's that whole positive vibes only crowd, you know, which is, is really just a, a term to spiritually bypass the reality of some of the negative drama that comes with being a human. Now, I'm not saying live there, roll around in it. I think there's a common misconception when I attempt to bring people into relationship to their suffering and their air quote drama, right? Mm. Um, that I'm attempting to get them to live there all the time. No, but that is just as much a quality of being human as being happy and positive. And if we are bypassing the quote unquote negative, that actually what we're doing is we're actually hindering our ability to truly experience the positive because you get, you don't get to have light without dark. You don't get to have positive without negative. This is the way that our universe is constructed. It's the yin and the yang. And the yin and the yang are 50-50. They are equal weight, equal size. And so I like to kind of push people who are in that whole positive vibes only space to really get them to see like, are you actually really experiencing everything as positive? Or are you, like Brene Brown says, you can't selectively numb. So if you're numbing out and hiding from the negative in some way, you're also going to be not allowing the fullness of the positive experience either. 100%. And for me, the big and always when I see like a lot of like posts that to me feel very, well, self-righteous, a lot of times calling people like, you know, eh, you guys are all love and light. And no, like the thing oh, the around opposite. like toxic positivity and like, my thing is like, 
I think all of us are in our process of where we are. And what I would say to this person about the energy vampires, and what I would also say to the people who really struggle with toxic positivity is what you said to an extent, which is, I think our work is to bring the focus back to ourselves Mm -hmm. and say, like, why is this so activating to me? Right. What is this attempting to show me about myself that I have some work to dig into? Because, you know, I think sometimes people can be very like, you know, you need to focus on what is real in this world and that's toxic positivity. And I would say sometimes from the people who are saying that it's like, what feels like suffering to you might not feel like suffering to someone who literally has had a different level of suffering their whole life. Mm -hmm. And they have figured out how to reframe whatever it is to a space of like, I'm not entitled to any sort of lack of suffering, right? But if I'm feeling activated by someone being in the space that I experience as quote bypassing, that's for me to be curious about. And I guess I just say that because what I see so much societally is a lot of finger pointing outward and not a lot of like taking responsibility for why this feels so challenging for me to sit with. Mm -hmm. And I would say that to this person about the energy vampires. Like, first of all, where can I take responsibility for? You don't have to spend time with anybody. Like legitimately, I don't feel like I have friends who bring a lot of drama. I can't think of the last time I was like Vanessa and all her damn drama. Like that's just not my experience of the people that I have in my life for the most part. And so we actually get to consciously choose who we spend time with. Now, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that doesn't mean like we don't all go through challenging things in life, but that to me is different than drama, you know? And if you feel like that's consistently your people, then maybe you're spending a lot of time with people you don't feel very inspired by. And maybe you should like have a nice long, hard look at your circle and how you're spending your time. Do you know what I mean? And that's your work. Yeah. I think ultimately this entire thing comes back to like, what is yours? And like, what part of this can you own? Right. Um, I think there's a bunch of different things to explore here. I think there's an exploration of, um, you know, what you resist persists. So like, are you avoiding suffering? And in which case you're getting a lot of it thrown in your face. (laughs) Are you, um, you know, attracting these kinds of people? Like, what is your part in that? You know, I've seen this happen a lot of times with people who have a bit of that, like martyr savior complex stuff, which Mm -hmm. is I show up and energetically put out there that I'm the one that's going to rescue everybody. And I'm the one that you should be able to rely on. And I'm the one that's always going to be there. And I'm this and I'm that. And then I get resentful when people come to me and want to talk through their problems with me. Right. Um, So there could be a little bit of that. Like, I think there's a lot of avenues to explore, but ultimately at the end of the day, each one of those avenues leads to looking at self leads to um, accountability. Like, you know, so I, I think, I think at the end of the day, that's the biggest push. It was that little girl in the video with her dad, or she was like, worry about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I mean, obviously a less um, tongue-in-cheek version of it, but I think that there's always, as we say in our activation, there's information. And Mm so if I feel really challenged by – I. I hear this often with clients who will like be telling me about all of the negative people in their world and then proceed to go on and be unbelievably like quote negative. Right. And again, like, I think we struggle with like, okay, well, is it negative or is it like, Mm -hmm. yeah. But I think that like, sometimes there's a way that we're not seeing ourselves clearly as we all don't, but that like, it's more useful for me to say like, where do I do that? Where am I like, 
okay with that. You know, like I find it hard to believe that you can sit and listen to a whole lot of like really draining conversation without participating in it to some extent or like, I don't know, like just how are those your people? Do you know what I mean? Well, but again, I think even participation in that can look like if the vibe that I'm showing up as in my relationships or in the world is that one of savior, that's how I'm participating in it. So I'm, I've got this narrative of like, I'm the one that yeah. you can always rely on and lean on. And then I'm getting upset about the fact that people are coming to me to lean on me. Right. So if that is most likely a defense that you adopted in childhood, right? Like I need to be the, the person who's reliable. I need to have a purpose. I need to serve a purpose to be loved. Right. Um, and for a lot of us, that purpose was being helpful. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and being the quote unquote good girl or good boy. And that is no longer serving me clearly because I have a lot of discomfort and a lot of activation around that specific pain point. Then a lot of times what that tells me is whatever that defense was that you adopted in childhood, you've gotten to the point in your journey where it's no longer serving you, right? Because mm -hmm. we develop these defense mechanisms for a reason. They have a great, they serve a great purpose. And almost every one of us is going to get to a developmental place where they stop serving us when it comes to individuation, it comes to this like expansion and development of the soul, right? Of the psyche. And so again, if this is a continual pain point that keeps getting put in your face, you have an amazing opportunity to say, what defenses do I get to challenge and potentially like let go of and drop away? And then what would that look like for you? Right? So let's say that is, that does ring true for this person. And they are somebody who is like the savior and the one that people can come to all the time, the fixer. Okay, start rewriting that narrative. How do you start mm. to implement boundaries? How do you start to say no when, or how do you start to say, yeah, no, when you, when you go to say yes, right? How do you start to, um, be kind and clear in your communication, but also be clear? Like, I'm really sorry you're going through that right now. I actually don't have time for a conversation right now about that, right? But, let me see if there's another day this week that we can get on the phone, right? Like just starting to, how can you baby step your way into establishing like better boundaries around that? Um, and also, by the way, a lot of times if that, again, if this is something that resonates with this person, if you do have that personality type of savior and fixer and the person everybody goes to, a lot of times that's at the detriment of taking care of yourself. So mm -hmm. many times we will fix and take care of everybody else as a way to not have to look at ourselves. So to me, that's another opportunity to turn the focus back on myself. Where am I hiding from looking at myself by hiding behind other people's drama and like these energy vampires and how much they need from me all the time? Well, and that's another thing around boundaries for me around energy. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of times what I see is that fixers get really depleted energetically because they feel a com they feel compelled to fix. Yes. So if I like I can sit and I mean obviously we're therapists, so we've gotten pretty skilled at this, but I can listen to people talk about their problems all day and feel nothing. Because yeah. I don't actually feel like they're my problem to solve. I feel like this is a part of their journey and like mm -hmm. these are the lessons that they're meant to go through. But I don't feel that like if I don't fix this, something horrible is going to happen that a lot of times we do in our more intimate relationships. Mm -hmm. But that's a muscle that we can build in all of our relationships. And something I like to talk to clients about a lot is like throwing the ball back. So what that's like is if someone like gives you the energy of what they're struggling with and you're like, oh, now I'm holding this ball and it's on me and it's heavy. So throwing the ball back looks like curiosity, like, oh, yeah, that's a lot. What do you think you're going to do? Right? So Putting it's not like- 
yeah, not come back to me later with your problem. Like your problem is yours and I believe in you. And what are you going to do to resolve this? I'm here to hold space for it. I'm here and I'm listening, but it's also empowering that other person to, because there's something interesting that happens too, when we don't get in the space of fixing, Mm -hmm. if we allow people to be in the empowered space of your problems are your responsibility to like come up with solutions to like workshop what you're going to do about this. They will either one, start to do that or two, what often more often happens is they become less comfortable bringing those things to you because you're not the person that fixes. You're not the person that like wallows with them in the like, woe is me story. You become the person that's like, oof, so what are you going to do? You know, like what, what solution do you, what are you working through? Like, what are you coming up with? And that can feel irritating if I'm not in the space of solution. If I just want to like be in the space of complaining, someone asking you to take empowered action will be irritating and you'll be the person that they come to less. It's a little little trick for you guys. Yeah. And also like, this is not to say that you can't be like compassionate because I actually think it's more compassionate and more supportive to be in a space of support and saying, I'm going to be here for you on your journey, but I'm not going to fix this for you. Right. Which is that's interdependence. I was just going to say that's moving from dependency (laughs) to interdependence really in our relationships. Right. Like we are, none of us are God. We're not here to fix anybody else's problems. None of us know what's best for anybody else on their journey or their path. Um, and so can I pull back on my tendency to jump in and be the one that everybody comes to and do kind of what you're saying, which is put it back in their court. And I can still be there in support, but I'm not going to interject. Right. I mean, a number of times I've told people in groups or individual clients where I've said, the next time you want to jump in when somebody says to you, like, I've got this thing, I've got this problem, and you want to open your mouth and give advice or attempt to fix or whatever, do the actual practice of zipping it. And the only thing that you're allowed to say is, do you want feedback and advice right now? Or do you want support, right? Like, do you want me to listen? Because a lot of people have never been asked that question before. I think a lot of us are never given the opportunity to do what you just said, which is like have somebody actually give us the space to be empowered and have to think for ourselves. A lot of times we do tend to just jump in and solve it for the other person as a way to really soothe our own anxiety. I'm not comfortable that this person's uncomfortable, so let me make them feel better so I feel better, right? Um, Whereas that's actually not almost always, that's not the most helpful way of being in relationship to somebody. What you're proposing does tend to be the more helpful way, the more compassionate way, the more loving way, right? I'm going to support you on your own journey. You've got this. You're the expert on your life. Well, I guess what I feel curious about is I hear you say that because I do think that's a tool that a lot of couples therapy modalities use. It's like, do you want feedback or Mm -hmm. do you want me to just listen? And the only thing I would be curious about with someone that is like really in the space of what feels like negative, complaining, draining my energy is like, if they say, yeah, I want feedback and that's really like still me in it with them and in the space where I feel energetically drained. I'm not like saying like, how is that different? But I guess I'm like curious, like why that feels different than the fixing. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think, I think it's a practice. I think we have to, it's like you were saying about building a muscle. I think for a lot of people, even that question is not something that comes naturally. I think the tendency is to just jump in and try to fix without even asking what that person might need. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I think that then you get to practice that skill. And then kind of the next step is what does this feel like for me? So if I'm practicing this skill, whether it's in partnership, friendship, whatever, you know, family relationship, and this person comes back to me and says, I want you to give me feedback and advice, you know, you might then need to work on how you give feedback and advice. Because if people are really used to you saying like, okay, here's what you got to do and you lay it all out for them. And by the way, I would love to know because I know I've experienced this. If you're the kind of person that gives everybody the feedback and advice, especially unsolicited, and you know exactly what they need to do, I would love to know the percentage of people who actually take your advice and act on it because I have found that then you're sitting there all pissed off because I've told this person what to do and they won't do it, right? That's because you're not God and you don't know actually what's best for mm. them. Even us as therapists, like we don't know what's best for people, you know, which is partly why a lot of times we don't give just like clear advice because I don't know your path. I don't know what's right for you. Um, so I think it's a bit of a process. Like, I don't know if it's that cut and dry. It's like, I think step one, again, depending on the kind of person, because I don't experience you as the kind of person that does struggle with fixing it for other people. So this might At not, all. no, but this might not be your struggle. <laughs> but I think that's an introvert thing because introverts right. can be like really almost defensive of their energy because it feels so flooding for people to put energy. On and it, as somebody you know I mean? who does struggle with the fixing, right. And does struggle with the, like, I need to make everybody better, um, and make everybody okay at the expense of myself. Um, I think just simply asking that question was hard for me to learn how to do. Mm. And then it felt like the next step was then to say, okay, now how do I protect my energy and have that energetic boundary? If somebody does say to me, well, okay, now I do want your feedback. And so even the verbiage that I use when I give feedback, if somebody says that's what they want has changed from prior to doing this work, right? So whereas I might've come in and said, here's what you got to do. Now I might say, well, here's what I'm seeing. Here's some patterns that I'm seeing. Here's here's what I'm noticing. What do you think about that, right? So I might give some sort of what my thoughts are because they've asked for it, but I might then still pass the ball back. And that I don't think I would have done had I not practiced that. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, first of all, I think what you're saying feels like a nice transition to maybe being a little bit more boundaried with my mm -hmm. energy, if that feels really hard for me. Mm -hmm. I also think that there are different types of friendships. Like I know totally. for sure I have friendships with people who are very self-aware and introspective and take feedback. And I will literally, I'm like thinking of one friend in particular well, I where I will say to her, like, are, are you interested in feedback? Are you, you know? Um, but I also think that there are ways, and this for me has been such the gift of, um, being a therapist, but also an introvert and someone who can feel really impacted by energy is just like learning how to not sponge up energy and learning mm -hmm. how to sort of differentiate what is someone else's and what is mine. And we totally. talk about techniques like, you know, like literally washing your hands and letting there be like a ritual, like to like release what is not yours. But also, um, I think it is like also pretty profound to let whatever that person's struggle is be like, you are the witness of it. You are outside of it. It is not for you to like jump in the water with them. It's that thing of like, if someone's in a ditch, I can get in the ditch with you, but then we're both in a ditch. Right. Whereas if, um, <laughs> if I'm outside of the ditch, I can sort of say, well, maybe if you put your foot up <laughs> there oh, and God. so maybe that's Spoken the step like you're taking. Introvert. <laughs> Like I'm not getting in the ditch. You're come like, on. Well, that looks that looks hard for you. I'm hungry. I'm gonna go eat. I'll come back Sucks and check for in you. Later. But I'm gonna go home because I, I need to get home. Oh my god. 
Vanessa's yeah. like, you cold, heartless. No, That's you know what this monster. actually reminds me of is this is that LA, New York uh, analogy that I just gave. And you actually even used a ditch. And so I'm thinking of cars. So somebody gave me the analogy the other day where they were like, the difference between people from LA and people from New York is that if you were stranded in a ditch on the side of the road in your car, somebody from LA would pull up and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that's happened to you. That's that's horrible. Good luck. And they'd drive away. And somebody from New York would show up. They'd fucking pull out their car jack. They'd pull out all their things and they'd be like, what are you, a fucking idiot? Like, who's your mother? You never learned how to change a fucking flat tire or get out of a ditch? But we would do it for you. We would help you in it as we're bitching to you about like, what are you, a moron? You don't know how to do this. And there's the difference between the LA energy and the New York energy. So when you were just saying that, I was like, God, you're fucking LA. You're so <laughs> Yes, I am. And I would argue that one of those is codependent. Because what is that? Like Not if necessarily you lead a horse to water. If I'm on the side of my know. road and I and I drive up and I actually do know how to change a flat tire and I've got the time and somebody is, you know, I'm the one that I don't up. have the time. Listen, we could get in a whole conversation of where the line of codependency is on actually supporting and helping people, but I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think that supporting and helping is always codependent. I think sometimes no. if I have the time and the energy and the space to do so, and that person is in need, me showing up. But and, if that New Yorker you know. is resentful and saying hurtful things. No, no, but that doesn't come of- from resentment. That's just the New York way of being like, you fucking idiot. You need to learn how to do this next time on your own. Like that's the love that New Yorkers show. That's how we is show that you what we care. That is? Mm-hmm. Calling that is people actually. an idiot. Yeah. So lovely. listen, anybody out there that's from New York understands that is the way we show our love. <laughs> I'm here for it. No, but I think that's a, that's a fair analogy. Um, and maybe it is like an, what if everybody like, um, out here does those, like, what are those like familial detachments? And so I think a lot of people come to LA to escape enmeshment. And so they, yeah, like they really struggle with wanting to like take on those enmeshed dynamics again, because maybe they've had a lifetime of it. And it's like, no, thank you. Well, You'll as we end, I'm, Good luck. I'm glad to know that Danae would never help me if I was. I will ditch. help you. Listen, not all tires Anybody are listening. created equal. If you're ever on the side of the but road, you should probably not. call Vanessa because she will solve your problem. <laughs> she will call you an idiot. I'll sit in the car while she's helping you and say, she doesn't mean it. She loves you. She does just a little bit New Yorker. It's true. Anyway, just don't. Danae will drive by you. She will not stop to help. Just remember that. <laughs> I might call you somebody. I don't know. You could call triple. Send you a triple. I'll, I'll do that. I'll send you a triple A back. I'm not That's getting out of the car. You could be anyone. This could go on and on. <laughs> you could be a serial killer. <laughs> I'm not getting out of the car. <laughs> what, are what are we even doing? What are we even talking about? A turn. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Hope that was helpful. You guys. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us more, find us on Instagram at Cheaper Than Therapy, the podcast.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com